Hey there, I'm Joanne Tambrakis, and this is Marketing, Mindfulness, and Martinis. Unfiltered conversations, or as I like to say, opinions shaken, not stirred, on what's changing and what's not in business and in life as we enter into the next normal. So pour yourself your beverage of choice, and let's get to it. Today's guests are the founding partners of The Organic Project, which is in the business of crafting period products that are 100% organic cotton, plant-based, and eco-friendly. And to quote them, it's better for you, better for the planet, and better for others. But as you will learn today, this is a venture with a mission much bigger than just selling a product, a great product for that matter. These two entrepreneurs are women with a purpose and with social responsibility. And hopefully I will pronounce both of their names correctly. So welcome Danielle Finkelstein and Time Sullivan to the podcast. (laughs) How are you? Nice to meet you. We're so excited to be here. I'm, I'm excited to have you. The more I read about what you ladies were doing, the more impressed I was and what you've created. So, but I always like to start um, by asking my guests where they're from. So, um, Danielle, you want to go first? Sure. So I am based in Providence, Rhode Island. Um, I actually, we just moved here six years ago, which is where I grew up. Um, So I actually got to move home, which was exciting. I was in New York for just about 20 years. Um, My husband's a New Yorker and I was able to pull him back up to, uh, to be closer to home and to family, which has been, um, been a total gift. Wow. Okay. Time. Sure. I live in Duxbury, Massachusetts and lived in Massachusetts most of my life, except for for a short period of time when I was young and lived in Monterey, California with my amazing hippie parents. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, yes, I know these ladies have unusual names and unusual spelling. So we're going to try not, I'm going to try not to embarrass myself and, and, uh, and call them by the wrong thing as we get through this. But um, let's just start with how how did this idea start? Yeah. Fine. Sure. Yeah. So I had spent over 20 years as an executive with Coca-Cola, PepsiCo, and Nestle USA and had watched as all these categories had gone natural and organic and non-GMO and everything from the foods we ate to it was the cleaning products. And then my daughter started to ask for organic lip gloss and nobody was talking about period care because it's a very wonky topic. And around the same time as my job had been eliminated and I was at this crossroads on do I get another corporate job or do I try something completely different and to try to find our purpose. And I was extremely fortunate because around the same time, um, my amazing cousin, Danielle, was going through a very similar um, crossroads in her life. Yeah, so I had spent um, also 20 years, I was on the fashion side. So I was at um, uh, Ann Taylor Coach, Kate Spade, and most recently was the chief merchant at Talbot's. And I had walked out on my job. Um, I had just at this point was not finding, um, the purpose, um, never seeing our kids actually both time. And I will tell you, it's like, neither one of us were seeing our kids. We were working nonstop. We were the breadwinners in our family. And I had walked out August of 2018. And the intention was I was going to take some time off. Thyme and I had not actually seen each other in over 20 years. Our dads oh, were wow. first cousins. And mm-hmm. so I, through the, the the power of social media, I was like, I have a cousin who lives an hour away from me. This is crazy. Like I need to connect with her. And we were, you know, we were Facebook friends, but um, it really came down to, I reached out to her and we just met up for lunch. And I will tell you, I will let her, let her tell you in a second, but my intention, I was going to take the fall off. I wanted to recharge with my family, really just like, 
and recharge myself. Um, you know, it was three years of just, I literally worked myself to the bone and, um, also just trying to figure out what was going to be next. Cause again, thinking, Oh my goodness, I've just walked out of this huge career. Um, so over this lunch at the end of the end of the lunch, I'm just joking. Like she's picking my brain, she's telling me about what she's doing and like thinking about and all of the stuff with the tampon business. And she's like, how funny would it be if we like, we went into business and I was like, you're crazy. Like <laughs> lady, I've got like, we're just meeting. We haven't seen each other in whatever, how many years. And I've got to like, I've got to literally recharge my life. And Two weeks later, I met her for another lunch. And a week after that, met her for another lunch. And a month after our first meeting, I was um, I was in. I was hooked. Um, I didn't even like dip a toe. I literally jumped in feet first because when you really dig down to what we were about to embark on um, and you saw the opportunity beyond just the actual period product being organic, there were other major, major factors that just made me realize like this was, if I was looking to find purpose, this was going to be what it was about. So what was the, was it your idea time? The, the organic period products is that where it came from? You're more on a product driven in a different way. I mean, I know what both of you did because I've, again, I've been in marketing and advertising my whole life. So was it your, this was your idea? You saw this. Yeah. Whole and it was really, you know, it's, we're both moms of daughters. And so this was important to us. And because we were both raised by hippies and everything, we were living these healthy and natural lifestyles. And I joke, Danielle's even more organic that her kids sleep on organic mattresses. And that's probably organic paint on her walls behind her right now. I'm like, she's super organic. And I said, did you ever think about organic tampons and pads? She was like, no, I never thought about it. I'm like, that's exactly my point. Um, and so what was interesting is I had, I had left Nestle in April of 2017, so I had already been talking to manufacturers. So, like, I was I was going to do it. Um, I didn't know how I was going to do it, um, and then just having her come in at that time when we were just source product and we're about to soft launch, and to have her branding and, and marketing expertise come in, it's truly amazing. And um, I always joke that like, who says I'm not a great salesperson? I talked her into taking <laughs> this job right after she left. Like, no pay. You're going to work a million hours. It's going to yes. be amazing. It'll be so fun. Well, our husbands yeah. were like, you're going to what? Yeah, I mean, they we literally... were like the breadwinners of the family. Like we had big executive packages. And, but once we got into this, it was, you know, it was organic. It was about the environmental impact of all the plastics, you know, the plastic applicators and even pads are made 90% of plastics. And really what got us as moms and daughters is it used to be one in five since the pandemic. It's one in four girls has missed school because she didn't have access to period products. So you knew that wow. period poverty was a thing in developing countries in India and Africa, and it's terrible. And you want to help and do all these things it's in our backyards and we're like this is crazy because we've always been very strong women and if you think about empowerment and equality you're never going to get there if a girl is missing a week of school every single month it changes the trajectory of their entire lives and we were just like you know what we always knew we could go back to those corporate jobs i mean it was we had a you know a good network we had good experience but we didn't know if we could go out and make real change and it was worth a shot. It was worth a shot for our daughters. It was worth a shot for women. It was worth a shot to find out what our purpose was because they always say, if you can, you know, fill in this line, I was always meant to, we were always meant to advocate for women and to do this on our own and on our own terms and on our own way and to build a business for good is just been game changing. And I would never go back, nor would I ever do it with no. anybody else. Yeah. You know, I, I also spent a lot of years in, in a corporate environment and I, I don't know how you feel about this, but I don't know how I got up every morning 
and did the whole thing. You know, I'd be in the gym mm-hmm. before I got dressed and I'd have the yep. whole, I, I guess I had an Ann Taylor suit. I actually went right to DK and Y. As soon as she started the pantsuit, that was it. That was the beginning of it for me. But um, I don't even know how I did it. And, and I, yeah. I don't know how I did it. Yeah. And I think that's the big piece for so many of us. And I think even more so we've learned to appreciate honestly, even with the pandemic is how, what we have the opportunity to do is after spending this many, many years in corporate America, and mine was a little different than Thymes, um, because I was with women. And so there was a lot more empowerment of women. Um, but still it was this grind and this expectation and you had to show your face and, you know, you, you had to be a mom, but you couldn't be a mom. You know, it was like, how do you how do you balance having this successful career and also wanting to show up for your family as well? And honestly, like it it was it was nearly impossible. And so now I think the power of what we love about what we're doing is we actually have the opportunity to recreate what corporate America and we don't want to be corporate America, but what now the career women can actually look at and they can still have both. You know, when we started this, our commitment to each other. And we still like, we still always have to remind ourselves, but like we have to, as we build this is that we have to actually, we made sure that top goes around our life. Obviously we are still working on it day in and day out, but you know, we never took our kids to school. We get to take our kids to school. We go to their sports events. Like we never got to do these things and have dinner. I never you had dinner. You didn't go to the children. dentist. Forget I know, I didn't know. <laughs> Not the dentist, like gynecologist, any of them. Like I never went to the doctors, but like, <laughs> I think the bigger part is like, I never got to experience like dinner with my family. I, those pieces, which are just so natural to a, a child and to a family. And I missed out on all of that. And my kids are, you know, they're young teens. So like, I still have so many more years, which I feel blessed. But like, I think that's the big shift too, is like, we have set out to what we're doing is it's, yes, we are about, and if I'm set it, you know, like we're out for advocating for women beyond period care. There's a whole other umbrella that we are putting underneath us, which is really exciting. Well, I, 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 <laughs> we're like all over the place here because I have so many questions and that was one of the questions, <laughs> but I'll save that for the end. What else, what else is next? But so, so there's this, there's an access issue and then there's a subject issue. There's this taboo. I mean, I, I, yeah. I <clears throat> can remember my mom who was born in 1922 used to tell a story about how then it was, no one said anything. She literally, to go into the drugstore to get sanitary napkins, because that's what there was, I don't know, there was no tampons in, they literally kept them behind the counter and they would give it to her in a brown paper bag. It's like so, it was cigarettes. I know. Like, and you know, again, that's exactly what I was thinking. it's crazy, right? So we're talking, so maybe we should, we're talking like the 30s that this was happening when yeah. she was young. And um, it's a long time ago, but it's not that really a long time ago in, in the big scheme of things in terms of the- The poor tab- thing, she's probably wearing one of those belts. The belts. She, yeah, she the was good old wearing belts. the belts. She was wearing yeah. the belts. That's what she showed me when it was time. And it was like, that's not happening. Yeah. So like, Mom, I'm not using no, that. There, there was no, con- <laughs> but there, you know, again, there was no conversation with my mother about it. There was none. Yeah. It was like, you do it my way or forget about it. I don't want to know about a tampon. It was like, forget about it. Yeah. And that's the, honestly, that is when we think about empowering it, you know, there's the access side, but this change that we have the opportunity to start, and we really say it actually more about starting the conversation because 
what we have found and what our sweet spot is, is that we're moms of daughters and that's who we're targeting. We are mm-hmm. going after moms of daughters. All the other brands that are out there, there's some other organic brands, they're all going after the millennial. And it's great. Their conversation is appropriate for the millennial. Like they're continuing in there. They're going after sex health. Like they're going, that is their road. But we have distinctly set ourselves apart because one, we are that mother. But more importantly is if we can actually change the conversation and start the conversation with this younger generation and started as early as eight and nine years old, the, the, the knowledge that these young, these young girls will have for their lifetime is, is incredible because they're learning different things about their body earlier on that so many of us did not, we had no idea. And most women don't take control of their, of their, just their, their physical health and their, until they're like, they're, they're ready for reproductive health, which is when they're in their late twenties into their early thirties. And it's too late. So this really, it's really allowing this conversation to start earlier. And, you know, I think the power of certain numbers and just data points is there are 10 million girls that will get their periods over the next, over their, their first period over the next three years. What is crazy is that of those 10 million, 80% of them will go on to use what their mother gave them for their lifetime. So what they start with is what they will use for their lifetime. So the loyalty of this product also, it's product as well as just, again, how do we teach them earlier? How do we start those conversations? But that's right there. The brand loyalty of something and getting them into a better product earlier on is where the mission continues to go. Um, It's a milestone. You know, it's not like, you know, not everyone's out there celebrating it, but it's a milestone in, in, in a girl's life of like, it's your period. You're going through puberty. What are those conversations? Knowing more about your body. That is really at the core of what we are trying to do. That's what it comes down to. I, I love what you said about the product loyalty, because I'm, I'm immediately thinking of time and and being at PepsiCo. And it's, you know, that was always the thing, right? You, you, you targeted those younger people to get them to be a Pepsi drinker as opposed to a Coke drinker back when they were young. And yet, So that experience is actually very transferable. I think a lot of people don't realize as they as they move along in their careers, how much how much transfer there is in whatever skills, no matter what it is that you do, especially when you're on the marketing and sales sides of things. Absolutely. And I would say you're right. I mean, there's very few marketers as great as Pepsi. They're still amazing. And I'm so grateful for that experience. I also worked on Gatorade. I mean, the brand loyalty with Gatorade is off the charts still. I mean, I challenge you to go to any sporting event and not see that iconic brand. Um, And I worked for them before they were even owned by Pepsi. So it was just a really great experience. We both came with a lot of amazing experience. So mine was definitely sales, operations, supply chain. Danielle was branding and marketing. But what was interesting is when we first started to do this, we really wanted to follow the traditional trajectory and take out our big brand books and build the brand the traditional way. And it really wasn't until we kind of threw that all out the window and decided to do things differently because our corporate backgrounds and where we came from, it's very risk adverse. It's not, mm-hmm. um, you know, they don't encourage you to challenge anything. They want you to stay in line and do it how they always did it. And it was very difficult for us to untrain that muscle and to change how we looked at marketing and the channels and our path to market and all the different things we did. It wasn't until we really took a, a hard look at how do we really do it different now that we get to make these decisions that the trajectory of our business just completely changed. Wow, that's yeah, it, that's that's true though. As soon as you said that about risk risk, risk adverse, um, it's something that unless you've been on the inside, you don't know. Yeah, and Joanne, what that change was was Thyme getting dressed up in a tampon suit. Which is amazing. <laughs> that actually is, no, it but, is, but full that transparency. Is. <laughs> that is when 
the business actually changed. So what had happened was that Fine had bought this suit and really because it's funny, like she's got an amazing sense of humor. We want to bring humor and levity into this conversation also because it's taboo. So how do you actually do it? If you go up to somebody and you talk about their periods, like they're kind of like, I don't want to talk about it. They show up up in a (laughs) tampon suit and you're like, it changes it. What happened to us was we were honestly, we're almost going to go out of business. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're like, you know what? We've got a couple more months of runway. We're going to do this one last kick at the can. And we gave ourselves a timeline. And the whole thing was, is we were inspired by, there is a, a runner, uh, not a runner, a, a businessman, Jesse Itzler. He's actually the husband of Sarah Blakely, who we um, love. of Spanx, who we Hi, love. <laughs> and yes, exactly. Um, but Jesse, he did way before he did Zika water. And way back mm. in the day, he had worn a life-size touchback. He's a crazy runner. So he's life-size touchback for the New York City Marathon. And his, his whole thing, they had no money. And he's like, this is a PR play. And so we literally were like, okay, fine. We've got this amazing tampon suit. What are we going to do to actually like just get free press? And so she did like three months of all these activities, we videotaped them all, we put them up on social. And she ended up, what it led to is she ran a race, the Boston 10K, the um, Reebok 10K for women. For women. And she, for women, and she ran it, first of all, it was like 80 degrees that day, the poor thing, this thing, it does not breathe. (laughs) It is horrible, it's horrible. It's like boiled wool. It's the worst thing you'll ever run in your entire life. Not to mention the string, which I won't, because it's just a tragedy. It whacked her leg the entire time. (laughs) But, um, but, But seriously, that is what actually changed the trajectory because if we hadn't really pushed ourselves to think differently, if we hadn't also where this is like, I love when Blanche says this too, like when we initially, when she first bought it, it was like, well, you know, should you wear this? You're the CEO. Like it is like, could you wear this? Does it and like, yes, actually that is, you are the one to do it. Like that's where it is. And like everybody told sense. us to hire somebody, which we almost did. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I almost I was did. Like, that's exactly why I can do it because I'm the CEO. I'm like, I like, I it's funny. Um, yep. It is funny. It's awful to run in, but it's flattering. Um, but I did everything. I went to yoga. I went to the grocery store. I went out for Bloody Marys with my friends because I thought that was hilarious. Um, <laughs> I went to yoga. Like I did, we did anything that you could think of. And it was so funny because I have teen teenagers and they were like, can you just stay away from the schools? So I'm like, well, that's fair. I'm like, <laughs> I just started off when I was doing my training runs, like try not to run by the schools. It's kind of a small town. But uh, but we made it. But what was interesting is it used to be just a conversation that I would have like with my girlfriends at the back of the you know back of the party or the barbecue whatever and then once I started running around town as a tampon everywhere I go even the dads would be like okay like that's kind of funny like tell me about your tampon business and even my kids friends started to follow us on Instagram they're like they're like it's kind of funny I was like it's super funny like no pun intended but it was it was like it it was and you know what it was is we were when we got close to going out of business we weren't having fun. We were stressed out. We were trying too hard that. to do it like a big corporate and whatever. We just started to have fun again. We were like, oh my God, that's it. If we're not going to have fun, like what's the point? Like go back and yeah. get a go both back to our corners and get our big corporate jobs and, and it's fine. Um, but yeah. now we're having fun and we're, la- mm-hmm. and you know, and Danielle does a really good job too. Like we literally just la- launched with Target online. We're in a bunch of retailers, but Target's like really been our, um, you know, that's where entrepreneurs want to go. And we like process impressive. the order and we're like moving, like whatever. And she's like, can we just stop and celebrate for a second? I was like, wow. I was like, that is a really good point. We're, we're running so fast. She remembers to stop to celebrate. We're remembering to have fun along the journey, you know, and enjoying but the you, process. But you should tell the other side of what I we will. sold so out. Then, <laughs> we sold out in three days. And if you want to know why we're perfect co-founders, she immediately went into panic mode, like, holy 
crap, we sold out in three days. Like, what like, are we going to do? I immediately ran for the corkscrew. I was like, we're celebrating. <laughs> this is the greatest thing ever. We sold out in three days. And she was like, are you crazy? I was like, what? I was like, this is the best news ever. So it is like, I would tell you, just like your spouse in life, your work spouse too, like you, you have to be great compliments. And we really are. And it's, it shows up every single day. Um, but I think bringing joy back into what we do is really resonated with with we hope with people in our community and that uh, just doesn't have to be such a grind, even when you're selling period care. (laughs) No, no, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that people, we forget that it's, even when it's something crazy, like you have, if you can't find the joy in what you're doing and, and find those moments, then what what are we doing it for? It's kind of crazy, but I love that you sold out and I love that you're in target. Now I want to go back for a minute. So you almost went out of business. Are you, have you been self-funding this? Are you getting investors? So up to that point, when we almost went out of business, we were self-funded. Um, and so what that allowed us, what that race allowed us is that Wegmans, which is a retailer up here um, on the East Coast, which you know most people I'm, do know I'm, about. I'm familiar they, with. We love. Apparently um, they're, they're, opening one in, they're opening one in Manhattan someplace, I understand. Yes, they so. are. Yes, yes, they are. Um, and they just opened up one up on, out in Brooklyn too, which has been which has been really strong. But um, so the buyer had, had seen and reached out and said, hey, we want you. And what was incredible, that was really the trigger for us. So like there were just all of these things that started to like, we had planted the seeds, but like now it really was starting to to um, to come to so fruition. Can I, I'm going to stop you for a second. The buyer saw the tam- you running around in, in the... Yeah. Yeah, because we got featured in like Boston Magazine and BZ News and Kiss 108. Like all these news outlets picked up because nobody's in costume in this race. And we were just like, I was dressed up as a tampon. Um, and my friend's daughter, I had an extra suit in case something, you know, got to have a spare. Oh, girls always got to have a spare tampon with her. Um, my friend's daughter, Glassman, was like, I'll run with you. So we were two tampons. And and uh, it was funny. So we got picked up by all these news outlets because literally nobody else was dressed up. And I was like, this is either going to be really great or really awful. And uh, yeah. luckily, people loved it. Um, yeah, which is good because so that very- was the end of two, yeah that was the end of 2019 and so what that did allow us because also at that time we had a couple of other retailers who had committed to bringing us in also for March and April of 2020 which we'll get oh to what happened then um, but what that allowed us to do <laughs> well, which what was didn't really happen. exciting what yes what <laughs> but 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 it's fine because you know things everything happens for a reason and we're we're big believers of that but I what understand. it did allow us to do is then we were able to raise almost like a pre seed it was we called it a seed round but friends and family round. Um, and what was great is that one of the lead investors of that fine went to UMass Amherst. And so they have a fund that is around social impact brands and they were, they funded into us as well. So we raised just under a million dollars with that. Um, and that really helped push us into, um, into this year. So what happened is we got to March, we had eight retailers that were going to be bringing us in, um, Wegmans, one of them. And everything was supposed to set between March and April. So a couple and, of them were in 2020 some, right now. This is in 2020. This was when yep, we yep, had right ordered and paid for Literally. all the inventory. So of the fundraise that we had raised, half of it went to inventory for these, these retailers that we're about to launch in. So one of the large retailers, we won't name the name, was 400 stores. They had they had all, everything had been set up to re- ready to take us in and screeching halt. The world came to an end and April, we were supposed to be launching with them. And they said, no, nope, we're not doing any resets. So of all of those businesses that we were supposed to launch into, we ended up launching in five, um, but they all moved out to October, November. So we had six months of pivot. What do we do? How do we do this? And it was two weeks. Literally, we hunkered down for two weeks and just looked at every 
expense line, everything and anything. And just both again, here was another commitment we made to each other. Like, we're going to figure this out. We're going to do this. We have so much opportunity here. We're already seeing the, 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 their, the proof of concept was already built out and just the feedback, our customers were raving about what we were doing. And so that really was then like, all right, we're going to continue on. And so we shifted and we pivoted, we pivoted a little bit more, the whole direct to consumer, still a very small portion of our business, but really we leaned into Amazon, um, the beast of Amazon. We love you, Amazon. We love I you, know Amazon. It's, it's, I have a love hate relationship there. We just, do too. We do too. But we say all the time that we love them because we just, it brings better karma than when we say we don't. And we got featured without, you know, before we were able to bring on real like PR, we got featured in cosmopolitan health and, uh, Yahoo, uh, life all yeah. because of our ratings on Amazon. So we, we do have to give some love. Like oh, it really wow. gives you the exposure. And also as we've tried to move into retail, everybody can see what you saw on Amazon. So it really gives you proof of concept and it gives mm-hmm. you brand um, a little swagger when, um, when people like yeah. your stuff. Yep. Well, no, I mean, that's, that is where people go to search before they go to, for product searches. They go to Amazon before they go to Google these days. Yep. So, yeah, which is yeah. kind of incredible. And I have to give Danielle the credit for figuring out the Amazon puzzle, because that is, <laughs> we're going to write a book someday about all the things that were the hardest things we had to tackle. That's, yeah. that's on the list for sure. Yeah. Amazon, Amazon was, um, yeah, we lost a lot of sleep on Amazon. But I'll tell you, <laughs> so what, what happened to us then is we did what everybody else did during the pandemic. Um, we started drank. getting calls from people. Well, well drank. During, the day, during the day. Yeah. So we, yes. <laughs> we went until like lunch, like I guess, um, over our Zoom calls. Yeah. Woo. Um, by the way, there's a, are we supposed to have martinis on this call? Like I was told there were going to be martinis. Like what's going on here? It's you know, I, I have yet I have yet to have a martini during uh, a recording because I'm kind of afraid of what will fall out of my mouth. I but, feel um, like it would be, we will do that with you. We'll come back. Okay, we'll do yeah, you'll come back. back. We'll come back. <laughs> we can do be like fun. a best of series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so, all right, so when we weren't um, having wine uh, during the pandemic, we started to get calls from people in our in the hardest looking for donations. And we were like, it's always been a really big part of what we do to have the social impact. We always, mm-hmm. we were kind of, as everybody was, we loved the whole one for one model and we always wanted to donate. And, you know, we had already, um, you know, donated several hundred thousand products, you know, a, up to date, but we started to get calls from all these food banks because period products aren't covered by food stamps, which is insane. And it wasn't until the CARES Act that flexible spending covered them. And all these food banks were like, crazy enough, it's our most requested item. And they were, um, so we made a bunch of donations. We donated over 400,000 products during the pandemic. And now we've done over 800,000 total um, to our giving partners to distribute them to the most hardest, the hardest hit communities. But then this crazy thing happened. And, you know, everything you say about, you know, when you put good out there in the universe, it comes back. They started to call us back and say, we're so grateful for these better products that are giving women dignity. Do you know that we also procure products and we've never had an option to buy some that are women owned and it's sustainable and that are are truly better products with more dignity? Um, We've always bought those giant pads in the box, which anybody knows you cannot wear those. (laughs) <laughs> undetectable they're, just, they're, they're yeah. massive and awful um and the the traditional product 
you know, tampons in the tubes. Um, and they said, we would love to buy your products too. And all of a sudden we were like, oh my goodness, we could do a community pricing program and we could really impact and make our products more accessible. <laughs> and I'll let Danielle jump in from here, but we literally had to hire somebody to manage the side of the business because it's grown into such an important part wow. of what we do and how we can make impact. Yeah. Wow. But I think, it, I think Thyme had said it earlier, like, you know, we're doing, we're, we're doing business and what we're doing though is we're doing it for good. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's the shift also that both of us took when we really started to dig into this. And this piece of the business has taken on a whole other arm. So we did, we hired this incredible woman, Ellen Sinar. Um, we had met her um, actually now almost over two years ago because we'd made a donation to the city of Providence to their after school programs. And what she really, she just has the depth of understanding, you know, how to work with underserved communities um, and what's happening on the ground. And I think that's actually the bigger piece is that we've now been able to partner with organizations across the United States. And it's not even just, I think the bigger part of what we are doing is, yes, there's better product that we're providing, but we're also providing education. And so when you mm -hmm. think of these underserved communities, when we think about also what we're trying to do, educating, you know, the, the moms and daughters, and look, we're an organic product. So, you know, I don't want to use the air quotes of luxury, but it is considered a, you know, it's more expensive product. What this also allows us to do is they are getting better product, which is dignity for them, um, high levels of dignity, because most of the time these underserved communities are not given better products. But more importantly is that we're actually providing education. So that is the other gift that we really feel has become so important to us is we've got an amazing partnership with an organization called Girlology, and they work with us on what we're doing really on this puberty side and period. Um, they're founded by two, two female um, pediatricians and a, and a gynecologist, um, and they're, they're the resource for us of helping support these educational tools that go both to our own consumer, but more importantly, to these underserved communities. And that is the power of knowledge that these communities can now have to feel better prepared, to feel confident in these moments, um, it's a gift. And that's the part that I think we feel so passionate about. And honestly, and Ellen, just being there and being able to manage that and manage these relationships. The other crazy thing is that across the United States right now, there are so many women who, or, and there, I don't want to say there aren't men, but there are so many women out there that are doing this in their communities on a small scale. What we have to do is amplify their voices. So that's the other part that we're really trying to do is amplify as much as we can because their impact is so incredible. You know, just two months ago, we packed up for a back to school event um, for just the local community in the South Shore of, um, of Massachusetts. And what it did is we provided for three months of period products for these students. And that meant that they don't have to think about where they're going to go find it they can think about school and they can focus on school. And that's really the place of like, how do we help and support some of these people that are doing stuff that are on the ground, but more importantly, like what the total impact actually can be. Um, it, it, and so that's actually, never, yeah. I'm sorry. It, it never occurred to me that there was an access issue to this until I, oh. until I started researching the two of you and what you were doing. Joanne, it is, and I think that we dial back to when Thyme and I, you know, when we first started this was, yeah, you thought about third world countries. I mean, this is in our backyard. This is right behind us. And 
in some of the, you know, the wealthier areas as well as in major cities. And so I think that's the piece too, that the more and more that we can raise awareness around this, that's actually one of the critical parts is let's raise awareness. And so that people are aware, going all the way back to what Thyme said also earlier is like, we will not have female equality if we don't help to serve these underserved communities with access to product and education. Oh my goodness. I have chills right now, ladies, chills. Um, so can we talk a little bit about the product too? Because I think that's also, it's a huge differentiating factor for you. We haven't really touched on the fact that it is green, it is organic. And I think that word, I know that word gets tossed around a lot very in a very cavalier ma- manner. And sometimes it's not always the truth, um, which I know it is in your case. So can you talk about that too? Because that is, a, it's a health issue. When you think about you think about any kind of chemicals being used in in that in that arena. It, it, it's not a good thing for us. So, you talk well, about that's that? why it's so unbelievable that you know when we were first you know researching, are we going to do this? Is this a big deal? I would literally go to Whole Foods and ask women with an overflowing cart um, and their workout clothes on, like, "Hey, you look pretty healthy. Do you use organic period products?" And they'd be like, "Really weird question." Um, but no, I never thought about it. <laughs> I don't it. know. And you go like, away. That's exactly my point. I know. I've I've done a lot of very embarrassing things that I never thought I would do. But it's okay. It's all good. Um, So I I just don't, it's all about education. The other thing that we didn't realize is Danielle and I were convinced that everybody was going to be so concerned about, they are concerned about the the organic and, um, and I will talk a little bit about more about that. But the number one thing is that it works. Um, This is a product that can't fail you. Um, This is a product that girls are terrified that their product isn't going to work. Mm -hmm. It's one of the reasons why you continue to use what your mom bought you, because once something works, like that's it, like I'm good, I'm not going to take chances. So what is it that can make you change? And and organic foods, if you buy organic produce, it's better. Like it tastes better. You feel good mm-hmm. about it. But when it came to cleaning products, they're not always better. I still, Danielle mm-hmm. and I joke, because I, I still can't find a deodorant that I like that's, you know, a, no, in I the can't natural space. Right? I it's can't um, so there's a lot, there's a lot happening there. So the efficacy was really, really important to us. And really it, when people ask us what we're trying to do, we're trying to raise the standard of the entire category. So it's fine if other people do it. If other people do it, we win. All women win because it's truly, and we don't fear monger, but at the, at the basis of it, because it's a medical device that big companies aren't uh, required or any company is not required to list the ingredients or test the impact of women's health, which is insane. So if you're a big company and you have a big portfolio of products and you have to list every ingredient, including what's in your cat food, and you have shareholder expectations to meet, and you have one category where you don't have to list ingredients, you're going to put the cheapest stuff you can in it all Mm -hmm. day long. Um, There's just no accountability there. And so our we know that in our lifetime that we're going to raise this advocacy that you just, if you know what's in every other thing on the supermarket shelf, why don't you know what's in the tampons and pads that you're purchasing that are very invasive? So mm-hmm. in to educate without fear mongering has been, uh, that's an important part of what we do because organic is really important to not have genetically modified, to not mm-hmm. have bleach or pesticides or all these other things on these products that are so intimate. And, and a plastic piece, everybody talks about straws mm-hmm. and bags, and those are number six and seven on the list. Period products are number five um, because everybody's seeing the applicator like on the beach and pads, people don't realize, are made mostly with plastics because they're cheaper. Um, and then this whole I period poverty thing, nobody talked about it. And I, I think when you tell people, What's making this happen is that when you tell anybody, they want to help. They just don't know how to help. So Mm -hmm. if we can educate, how do we change this conversation? How do we start this conversation earlier? And how can everybody help? 
like, face it, we all like, we're all helpers. Like that's in our DNA. We just didn't know what to do. As soon as we tell people like how they can help, it, it's all in. That's what's been amazing and gets us fired up every day to do what we do every because day. this groundswell mm-hmm. of, of kindness and, and empowerment and giving back and the impact that these women in pockets of the country are making, it's not, we just had a woman raise $30,000 for her birthday to buy products for her local shelter. Like stuff like that is mind blowing and happens all the time. It's like, that's Mm -hmm. massive. And if you see people popping up doing stuff around the country, I know it's not us, but collectively we're going to be able to make massive change. Mm -hmm. And I'm gathering outside of these, you know, these, um, I, your your fun antics dressing up like a tampon. So a lot of your awareness started though with social media. Is that right? It did. It started, yes. So, you know, and we also didn't go the traditional road of spending a ton of money on social media. It was really about building it more again organically. Um, Which is not really easy finding, to do anymore on social media. It is not. They set up the algorithms to force you to spend oh, money. Yeah. It's, yes. it's pretty. It's, <laughs> you yeah, listening it's Facebook? Pretty, we, we, Facebook knows I hate them. But. Yeah. Well, okay, I, yes. I think everybody okay, well, knows that now. We are. Yeah. I think everybody, I think everybody <laughs> right now is, is not happy with them, but no. So I think in general, what we really, the most important thing, and I learned this from my years at, at, at Kate Spade. And, you know, I think we did a phenomenal job. Um, it was about brand partnerships. Mm-hmm. It was about fi- finding early on what was so important to us was beyond the social media side was how do we find brands that are like-minded to us that have a lot of those core values and very early on staying very, very laser focused to that. And fine would laugh. Like there would be literally like I would sit on the couch and I would, I would scrub social media. But what I was looking for is who was that brand and the brand early on, which popped up to us was beauty counter. And we've continued to stay very close and connected Mm -hmm. to them. When you think about what their core values are, they're about education and advocacy around clean beauty. Mm -hmm. And so aligned with what we're trying to focus on. And they also, the benefit that they have is at that point, when we first started talking to them, they had like 45,000 of their consultants across the United States. They were all these zealots for clean beauty. And so when you just layered in period products, it was like, oh, okay, this makes sense. So we seeded a ton of product out to these women and that was honestly, that was where our groundswell started, was about finding these really strong, smart brand partnerships because we could sit next to them and align with them and talk about it. And so what's been great is even just over these last two years, you know, they have, they've, they've done phenomenal. They were just purchased by a PE, like they're doing really incredible, but underneath their, their brand, they have actually what they call their clean guide. And we're in there as their period care of choice, which is really exciting. We're up against her with Allbirds and Patagonia and like all these unbelievable brands. And we're like, here we are, our little company, like this is amazing, but we're there because our brand aligns with what is important to them with their values, quality, education, transparency. And that's what this was about. And so we have continued on. And I would say that's probably the thing that we focus the most on right now is what are those brands that are around us that we can continue to sit next to that we're actually complementary to one another? What is it, whether it's a beauty brand or whether it's something that's complementary to us as a period product brand? Um, and that's that we will continue. You'll actually see that as we continue to go on into 2022 as well, really amplifying that. But most importantly is now fine-tuning the story a little bit more and focusing it on the mom and daughter. Whereas before it was about awareness, obviously, of just that we have this, mm-hmm. we have this amazing, we call it like the, the, the product is the bomb. And it truly is. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, but, 
But now how do we just really make sure that we can really fine tune into mm-hmm. that mom and daughter and catch her where she is? Um, and so that's really, that's really where we've, where the shift has kind of been. Oh, you know what we forgot to mention? So we are one of the first ones to come out with, everybody has a plastic applicator, even the mm-hmm. other organics. We, ours is plant-based and we trademark the planticator. So just like, you know, Kleenex is to facial tissue. Planticator should be for the plant-based applicator. Um, it's just a, that was a big trajectory changer of our business is coming out with a, a plastic that's plant-based so that you didn't have to compromise any performance. Um, it was was really huge. The and planticator. The I love planticator. It. Isn't that the best word? It's a, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a fantastic word. I love it. I love it. I, and yeah. I, I would imagine, though, as you were getting into, I'm going back a little bit into actually creating the product, was that a learning curve for either of you? Had either of you had any experience? I'm guessing time might have had more experience on that just from being on the PepsiCo side and products as opposed to, but really just actually creating the product. Like, how do you do that? Yeah. Yeah. And well, and, you know, I'd spent a lot of time, you know, at bottlers and in manufacturing plants and warehouses. And my first job was driving a Frito truck, which I was terrible at, just so you know. Um, So I I did (laughs) understand a little bit about it, but it was just tracking down the manufacturers, which at the Mm -hmm. time there was nobody producing in the United States. It was all European because they've got such higher standards, such more green and transparent supply chain. And then getting them to agree to sit down and talk to us, which was difficult because we weren't a company. We were individuals looking to start a company. It's a big risk for them to to run a line and to hope that you'll that you'll pay them and that you'll succeed because startup is not for the faint of heart. So that was, I mean, that was a full year of literally flying around and, and just like the old adage goes like, hey, like I'm going to happen to be in Barcelona. Can I stop by to your factory next week? They were like, uh, all right. Um, it, so all those things that you hear, that's true. Like you really have to do that. Um, but we forge these great relationships with these great manufacturers it's such, and and then it's choosing like what do you want your product to be? And mm-hmm. one thing that was so important to us, one of the other reasons we almost went out of business is because we launched with a cardboard applicator because we didn't want plastic, and we thought everybody would love it because oh cardboard like, is totally change. biodegradable. Like they're amazing. Like what's the problem? Even my my daughter's now fifteen, so you know, a couple of years she was like, nope, not using those mom tampons. I was like, why? I was like, so um, that was a, uh, I mean. That was a big eye opener. And, you know, in our old world, we would have had to immediately gone to a plastic applicator, organic tampon, just like most of the other companies did at the time, because you would be beholden to shareholders and you'd have to react really quickly. And we held firm. We almost went out of business. But we finally found somebody in Europe who had developed this plant based applicator and uh, and would help us develop a product and sell it here. And it was a I mean, it was a long grind, but it changed everything. And I'd say that's probably one of the things that I, I think we're most proud of is staying strong to it. Core does it, it goes completely against our core values if we stay organic but move to plastic like that just doesn't make any sense and yeah. even if it puts us out of business we're not going to do it and it, it was scary it was really scary but now when you look back like you take that hard road and you never regret it like I'm, we're, I'm yeah. so grateful for that but no that was oh and importing and currency exchange yeah. and usfda <laughs> registrations and uh, setting I, up upc codes there's so much stuff yeah. you just don't know until you yeah. have to watch a lot of YouTube videos and figure it out. <laughs> and just real quick, because I want to emphasize this, and I think this is probably one of the most important things too. And this is where we take our experience from our previous previous companies as mm. well as your brand, like ensuring early on that what you create as your brand pil- pillars and your brand values 
but you don't waver from them. And that is something that we learned. Like you, we've all been at companies where like, you know, all of a sudden you're like, whoa, this ship <laughs> is going down because the values have all gone out the window. And we were like, no, this is what we created. And these are the three things that are critical for us. And then here are like, here's the pillars. And then here's some of the values that we have. And so we have those. And that's what everyone lives and breathes. Everything goes through those filters. And I think that's so important as we think about marketing, we think about all of that. Like we don't waver. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that has actually become more and more important as now we're bringing people on, you know, our team is growing. And so it's like, Hey guys, this is what this looks like. And this is how it's going to stay. So, yeah, it's, it's funny whenever anyone tells me that they're, they want to go out on their own and start their business. Like, especially when they're younger, I always suggest that they spend at least a couple of years in a corporate environment just to understand it. Cause I think it makes you better. Yeah. Down. I make yeah. it gives you it gives you more uh, more to rest on and to think from a different perspective as opposed to we're just going to do anything we're going to do, kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah. so I, I want to switch here for a second because um, you got ladies are hysterical. I could talk to you for hours on end, but we we, we can't do that. But your wait till cus- we have martinis. I know, I know. I'm for myself. They're probably thinking we are drinking martinis right now, listening. Um, you are cousins, and and I have two cousins I can think of that I'm very very close to and I adore. I don't know if I'd go into business with them. Um, I don't, I, for whatever reason, I don't know how much that would change our dynamic. Although I think they're both very smart women. The one, two I'm thinking of there in case they're listening, has it changed your dynamic? I mean, it's, it, it's when you're in a work environment, things shift and change. And, um, yeah. having come from the, you know, on the radio and TV side of things, the pressure levels were always very high. And yeah. there's a different side of me. Those people saw than other people have seen. I think the biggest thing for us is that we hadn't seen each other in so in so long. So what mm. we actually, when we started working together, one, we were actually just creating, really establishing the relationship together. And we've grown. We've both grown so much through this process. I mean, I can't imagine doing this. And we say to each other, like, we can't imagine doing this with, with anybody else. And I think part of it is, is that because there is the familial piece built into this, we know how important this is for each one of like each of us. And so there is that, that it, it just, it, it shifts that dynamic. But again, it was, we hadn't seen each other in so many years. I mean, honestly, like Thyme was like an older sister to me. Sorry, I did say, I did throw the world older. Oh, um, sure. Tell everybody I'm the old one. I am. <laughs> no, she's like a sister to me that I didn't have, that we like, we are just able to one, I think in total, we couldn't imagine doing this as a single founder. I think honestly, like we look at it and going through fundraising and going through just the ups and downs of business, you can't, it is, it is exhausting. And so those moments of when somebody is like on an up, like great, or when you both are, or when there's, we should already use the examples of like, it's the complementary pieces. There is so much that goes into this and that you almost need that the, the compliment to sit next to you. I mean, I, I don't see anything of us being cousins as, as, as a negative. And I think more so just because we entered each other's lives in such a different phase in our life. We didn't have any back. We didn't have any baggage. We had no baggage. So it really was about learning how we were going to do this together. And so it's really, we built it together versus any like this, mm-hmm. maybe bad family baggage. So I don't know. Well, the other thing that I would add is another way where, again, we have to teach our, like, that we always just have to follow our instincts. Everybody told me, like, don't tell anybody your cousins. Nobody wants to know your family business because everybody's seen succession and it's a 
not going to work out. And uh, I was like, no, I was like, I'm proud that we're cousins. And I think what it gave us, and we tell everybody now, like, I don't know, like, it doesn't matter. It's like, it's just, it's not hard to Google and look at us. Look, I wish you could see us. We kind of look like cousins. Um, uh, but uh, so people told us about it, but what it gave us, I think is coming in, we had that baseline of trust immediately. And yes, trust is yeah. the most important thing mm-hmm. in any relationship. So we trust each other from the get-go. Whereas if you brought in a founder from the outside, it might take a while to build that trust and you don't have that time. You got to trust that yeah. person from day one that every decision that they make, that they've got your back and you've got theirs. And as a co-founder, nobody understands. I, I don't think I can go through fundraising. By, I wouldn't go through fundraising oh by God. myself. And, and I would tell you, we've done. Uh, yeah, that was really awful. But to have her there... You know, there are days when she was down and I would pick her up and days when I was down and she'd pick me up. So that was so amazing. And I I can't stress enough how important it is that we have complementary skill sets. We just do. Um, do. And we hire into our blind spots like that is just when you're very real about what you're good at and lean into it. And I love that Danielle has been changed my scope that we always in performance appraisals, they focused in corporate America on what you're terrible at and wanted you to lean into that. Like you suck at this. You should spend all your time working on this. Like I'm never going to be good at that. Um, why wouldn't I lean into my strengths? And she, you know, we start out everybody, we do our strength finders and, and what are your strengths and hire lead into your strengths. It, it's just so positive. It makes so much more sense. We are building this with logic and love, um, which is a really uh, like, I don't want to seem too woo woo to throw it out there, but why not? Like just leave with kindness. Like it's just so much easier. Yeah. I don't think there's anything woo woo about kindness. I think the world is kind of mm-hmm. lacking too much of it right now myself. Yes. I do think you ladies have quite the story and I think the cousins is part of your story. And I think that's what pulls people in. I also think that you should apply to be on Shark Tank as I'm listening to the two of you. See, um, don't tell her that. I want to be on Joanne, it. don't tell her that. Because I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan. And I'm telling you, you, if you want to get some big you money. You are my new best friend. <laughs> Lori, I think would definitely buy into this one right. in a minute, right? Yes, if anyone is listening, we are first period box should be on QVC <laughs> and HSN. Danielle's covering her whole face right now. I'm totally second we get up here, I'm applying. I cannot wait. <laughs> Yay! <sighs> oh my goodness! It's so fate, I, I, I could go on. I could go on talking to you ladies for forever, but um, we have to have to wrap up. So I do always like to finish up with like a little lightning round of just fun stuff. Are are you game? Yes. yes. Okay. So I, I don't games. know who, who wants to go first on this one. So the first question is favorite social network. Oh. Danielle. I actually love LinkedIn. <laughs> I mean, I know that sounds like totally geeky, but like, I really do. But time. Oh, I like Instagram, but that's okay. It, okay I have okay, a short attention span. <laughs> Um, I, those are my two favorites, actually, uh, depending on what time of day it is, would be my, whether they're at the, at the top or not. You can tell our age that we are not into TikTok, but our kids are. So that's one thing we've Well, I tried to, to be into TikTok, telling. but my 15-year-old told me to stay in my lane. <laughs> no, I, I, I actually love TikTok. Um, I do not post content on it because it's too much work for me, but I yeah. could get lost on TikTok for <laughs> a long time. I think the content, yeah. yeah. Um, but you might want to think about that down the road. I'm just thinking. Anyway, something people would never guess about you. So one of our taglines is, what are your superpowers? So mine are, I never get bitten by mosquitoes and I always find the perfect parking spot. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> and Danielle... Always. I mean, I can't win with her. I mean, I really can't. <laughs> no, seriously. Last series you binged? Oh, God. Um, Ted Lasso. Last, it's my church. Oh, yes. Ted Lasso. Yes. Oh, my Ted God. Lasso, I love Ted. Like, yes. oh, over and over and oh, oh, my God. I feel like we, what do we, fell out of a lucky tree? We hit every branch on we the did. way down. Yeah. I'm a church. 
I know. I love I love him. Food you cannot live without. Pesto. Uh, what is mine? Food I cannot live without? Wine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. My goodness. My new oh, best friends geez. over here. Um, what you miss p- most about pre-COVID life? Hugging people. Just, I am such a people person. And Thyme knows this, like, this has been very hard for me. I was like a caged animal in the early days, like literally a cage. I, I, I feed off of people's energy. I can actually read your energy on, even now on a zoom. Like that's how much I missed it. Um, but that is I, just, just being around people. I miss the travel. I just a Facebook uh, memory. Uh, four years ago today, I was in uh, the Amalfi coast. I was like, I want to go travel the world. <laughs> and what motivates you to get up in the morning? Yes. This every single every day. day, every moment, every first the first thought when you wake up in the morning. Yeah. Good answer. Last thought ladies. when you go to sleep. And the thought at 3 a.m. when we wake up. Yeah, I mean, she knows. Yeah, I don't sleep. So that's what Ladies, yeah. where can people find you? And and um, I know your products are in retailers literally across the country now. Am I correct on that? But um, yes. how can they keep up with you and follow you? I mean, they can, we are on all the social channels. Um, so Top Organic Project on Instagram, Facebook. Um, you can even, again, my geeky uh, LinkedIn. But we are also on, are on TikTok, um, but also on our website, which is amazing, which is toporganicproduct.com. Um, What's great there is that we actually have our store locator. So you can see the stores that we are in. So we are in about 2,000 stores across the U.S., um, big ones. We've got Wegmans, we've got HEB, we've got Sprouts, Fresh Time. Um, and then most recently, we've launched with Target.com, which we are really, really, really excited about um and that is with our first period gift box which has literally been a rocket ship and i will so have please, all, I, I will have all of those links stuff. i'll have all those links in the show notes um anything you want to add in time no we just we are so appreciative of all the new friends that we've made along this journey that's really the best part and if there's ever anybody out there thinking about trying something new go for it and if there's anybody out there we can help um a lot of people have helped us on the way and we'd love to pay it forward so we're here for you sisters Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Marketing Mindfulness and Martinis. If you liked what you heard, please share with your friends. Give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify so other people can find us. And hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. If you've got a question you'd like answered or a topic you'd like me to cover, please drop me a note info at joannetombrakis.com. And until next time, remember, whatever got you to where you are isn't enough to keep you there. <laughs>